This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering My Trustmark online and mobile banking services to help monitor spending, pay bills, deposit checks, transfer money, and more. Anytime, anywhere. More information at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotcher-Janderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. We've got one of our longtime guests on the show today. It's Sean Mercer from the Social Security Administration. He's ready to take your Social Security questions, and Nancy and Ryder are here to take personal finance questions. Contact us by phone. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Contact us by email. The address, it's money at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Nancy. We always like to start out with you by asking about financial news in the news. Well, good morning, Kevin. I just want to remind everyone out there that those child tax credits will begin July 15th. So if you have children under the age of 6 or children under the age of 16, those are the two brackets there, you will receive an amount starting uh, the middle of July and every month. So under 6, it's going to be $300 per child. Uh, Between 6 and 16, it's $250 per child. There are income limits for the full benefit, but they're pretty generous income limits for even a partial benefit. So you may start to see those coming in. Those are based on your tax filings. So if you haven't filed your taxes or if you see some sort of gap, there is a way you can go to the IRS and check on where that amount is. Remember, it is a tax credit, but they're giving this to these families early as they try to get back in the swing of things and help cover cost of child rearing. Good morning, Ryder. What caught your eye in financial news this week? Good morning. Actually, I kind of just want to tie something in that we've talked about a lot previously, and our our guest, uh, if it, kind of maybe this would be a, a good question for him, but we talked about inflation a lot and how you know we had kind of uh, the highest inflation that we have had since 2008, I believe, was last month measured last month. And we know that Social Security benefits are inflation-adjusted and kind of just wanted to hear from him about how that inflation benefit played in, how frequently that got updated. If, you know, when we are talking about inflation, how should people think about how that affects their benefits? We are going to be visiting this hour with uh, Sean Mercer, District Manager for the Social Security Administration. Uh, Sean, thanks uh, for joining us again. If you would, maybe uh, touch on what Ryder asked. And not surprisingly, we've got two calls lined up for you already as well. So good morning. Well, good deal. Great. Uh, good morning to everyone and uh, glad to be back on and to uh, answer Ryder's question there. Uh, since 1975, the COLA has been an automatic it's not set by Congress, not set by the president or anything. It does track the consumer price index. So for those listeners out there who are interested in that, there's some really good reading on that. We don't know what it's going to be for next year, um, but you can kind of get an idea if you go to socialsecurity.gov forward slash COLA or go to socialsecurity.gov, use the search tab, and look, type in uh, cost of living increase, or COLA, 
cost of living adjustment, and it'll come up. And there's some great reading on there that tells you a little bit about that and how it's uh, determined each year. And that usually comes out towards uh, end of October, 1st of November. And uh, it's on the news, and believe it or not, Everyone hears it at the same time we hear it here at the Social Security Administration uh, because it is something that is automatic and is set to take place every year. So that's something that's really interesting for everybody, and we'll be looking for that as we go through the fall of the year. So I know we've got a couple of questions. If uh, Kevin, if you want to go ahead and get on those, that works for y'all's schedule. We'll get started. All righty. We will be visiting with Sean throughout the hour, so if you have a Social Security question, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb Ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Lisa has called in from Jackson and is on the line with us. Good morning, Lisa. You're on the air. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just curious uh, because I haven't been on Social Security that long, and I'm considering getting married. And my um, fiance also receives Social Security benefits. And I was just wondering how that would affect us. Okay, good question, Lisa. And as long as you're receiving regular Social Security benefits and not supplemental security income, two different uh, programs there. But to answer your question with regular Social Security, getting married uh, to your individual would not decrease your benefits uh, and would not decrease his benefits. So you do need to report that when you uh, do get married and uh, let us know, but uh, it should not decrease your benefits since you're both drawing independently there. So we do need to know about it and check. And again, we want to make sure that we're talking about Social Security benefits and not SSI benefits there. And look to see what type of Social Security benefits you're drawing to make sure that you're drawing benefits off of your own record based on your work history. All right, well, I do believe they are off my own record. Um, I had some severe um, health problems, and I know they calculated how much I had earned over my lifetime. Right. right. And a good thing to me, you may call your local office and just double check, and that way we look and make sure that you are drawing off of your own record and not off of a parent or something like that. But uh, you could go ahead and, and call your local office and just verify that you are drawing those benefits off of your record. You can do all that by phone. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's my record. I'm really grown. Um, but thank you so right, very much. You, I appreciate that. Thanks, Lisa, for kicking off the show. This is Money Talks, where we're visiting with Sean Mercer, the district manager for the Social Security Administration. We're going to stay on... The phone line's next, and James has called in today. Good morning, James. You're on the air with us. Yes, good morning. Uh, thanks for uh, uh, taking my call. Uh, my question is is not necessarily about Social Security uh, benefits, even though I may have some, but my question, uh, unfortunately, is around uh, unemployment benefits. I was just wondering, well, right now, uh, uh, I understood it as the president signed uh, for people who are on employment to receive an additional benefits. And as of yesterday, uh, our benefits have been cut completely. Uh, I thought the benefits, uh, you know, was going to be cut for the extra uh, additional uh, benefits that they gave us. 
but it's it's for the benefits totally total. So we, we unemployment don't have anything coming in now, and I'm just wondering how they expect us to find a job with no income at all. Well, the uh, enhanced federal benefits were cut, and that was at the discretion of our governor. But also, I think there was some direction uh, coming from the top for our unemployment agency to um, push that you had to show you were seeking work and you had to offer some evidence that you were seeking work and that they have some discretion on cutting off even the state employment benefits if you don't have evidence of that. So that could be where the problem is. Uh, each, each week that we uh, file or certify for our unemployment benefits, we have to prove that we uh, was doing a job search. Right, and yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Speaking of something else? Yes, that's it exactly. Okay, well, I, we always, well, I always do that. You have to put at least three jobs that you uh, search for that week. And, and so, so that's continuing to be done. Uh, still, the benefits was cut off completely. And, and, and like, I, and gen- like I said, uh, James, uh, I'm sorry. It could be because of a time limit. I don't know what your personal situation is. I would suggest you call the unemployment office and the Mississippi Department of Employment Commission office and uh, get them to look at your record and see why you have been totally cut off. All right, uh, James, thanks uh, for your call. The MDES uh, would be the place to contact there in charge of uh, unemployment in Mississippi. They've been on the program a couple of times, and they're very helpful. So I think if you get through and talk to them, uh, they should be able to help you figure out uh, what is going on and why your benefit uh, got cut completely. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're discussing the Social Security Administration today, and since we're in 2021 now, we can find out the most popular 2020 baby names. We'll have that for you next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions.
You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. The Social Security Administration has gotten nimble with looking up baby names. You can read the top national names, and you can look up the top 100 names per state. You can also look up the most popular names by year. So, for 2020 in Mississippi, top male names in order, James, William, Elijah, John, and Noah, rounding out the top five. Uh, on the female side, it's uh, Ava, Olivia, Amelia, Kinsley, and Harper. So it just by first glance, it seems like they're being a little bit more creative with female names than... Uh, I think so. The, the the male names are the old tried and true, are they right, not? Right back to the good book. <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, hard when you're doing genealogy research because those names just keep repeating themselves over and over. We have another name, Sean. It's Sean Mercer. He's our guest today, District Manager for the Social Security Administration. And we've got some more calls lined up for Sean, so let's start again. I think it's Dela in Jefferson County is on the line. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Uh, yes. How you doing today? Good. Uh, my question is this here. I am a disability. I received SSI. And what I'm trying to find out, can I sign up for Social Security? I am at the age of 62. Yes, we can always check. That's a good question. Uh, we should be reaching out to you if you've worked enough quarters to be eligible for Social Security, but you can certainly contact your local office and let's double check that, maybe even do it ahead of time. If you're turning 62 this year, we could look at that and make sure that you have enough quarters of coverage for retirement. And if so, we would go ahead and process that along with your SSI and see if you could draw some Social Security based on your work history also. The reason you were drawing SSI was probably because you were became disabled and you did not have enough current quarters of coverage uh, when you became disabled, so therefore you drew SSI only. But there could be a chance you could be eligible for retirement because it's based on a different set of quarters of coverage uh, that you've worked since day one, not uh, what you've worked in the last several years. So contact your local office and let us double check on that for you. Sean, how many quarters do you have to work in order to qualify for Social Security? Forty quarters of coverage, and that can be doesn't have to be consecutive for retirement. With disability, you've got to have 20 of the last 40 actually worked. So there's two different equations or scenarios that we look at there depending on what some, when someone is filing for benefits. But for retirement, it's 40 quarters of coverage. You earn four quarters in a year. Uh, to, and that's 40 quarters in which you paid into the system, right? That is correct. And you earned at least you know, the minimum amount. Like this year, a quarter of coverage is $1,470. Back in 1980, it was a lot less than that. So we have to look at the year that you worked and the earnings that you had, either net self-employment or gross wages, to determine if you met those quarters of coverage in a particular year. All right, Tadila, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. 
So, Sean, tell us about uh, the website. I know you like to refer folks to that with all the useful information that it has on it, but it's ssa.gov. What can folks find out there? Lots of information on our website. Again, as you said, ssa.gov. Want to make sure that our listeners out there, it's not .net, not .com. Those all go to private sites. It is .gov. And that's good information if you're dealing with any, any federal agency, irs.gov, medicare.gov. You always want to make sure you have the .gov on the end of that. But with our site, lots of information on there. You can file for retirement, file for disability, uh, file for Medicare. Uh, one of the easiest things for all of our listeners, even though you may not be retirement age or you may not be disabled, is everyone needs a My Social Security account. So when you get to our homepage at the bottom left-hand corner, there's a, a space on there for a My Social Security account. Everyone can set one of those up. I have one myself that uh, offers me a lot of information. I can look at my current earnings. I can look at uh, you know, what I paid into Social Security, estimate what my benefits will be. Um, I could even replace my Social Security card. If I did not have a name change or a date of birth change, I was simply needing a replacement card. So there's a lot of useful information on our website that people just kind of need to look and be familiar with so that you're kind of aware of what your Social Security benefits might be when that time comes. We'll move on with another phone call, and it's Joseph who's called in today. Good morning, Joseph. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for my call. Thank you for my call. Uh, the question is, I'm, a full, I'm still full-time working right now. I'm going to be 64 next month. The question is, how much money can I make besides getting my benefit if I decide I want to continue working? Okay, good question, Joseph. And the limit this year without the penalty is $18,960. Now, that goes up slightly each year, and when the cost of living increase comes out, as we spoke about earlier in our, in our cast here, uh, they tell what the limit will be. It usually goes up probably less than $1,000, so you're probably looking next year somewhere around 19500 for 2022. But that's the, that's the limit. If you're under that, there's no reduction. If you go over that, and uh, it would be $1 for every two that you go over in earnings. So if you wanted to file, then you could uh, tell – when we took your claim, you were saying, hey, I'm going to make you know, $25,000 uh, mm -hmm. next year working. We would take the uh, $18,960 minus the $25,000, divide that by two, and reduce your benefits for half of that. So uh, we can discuss that with you, but there is a limit up until the month that you reach your full retirement age. Once you so, reach your full retirement age, there's no limit on your earnings. Okay, so I wouldn't be, would I be, uh, okay, I'll be penalized for that, correct, but I won't lose the amount until I reach 66 and a half. Will it go to the full retirement money that I would be eligible for? Or if I signed up in July, is that, that's the limit, that's it? All right, good question, Joseph, and a lot of people have that and they don't understand that. When you file for benefits, you are essentially locking in that benefit at age 64. Okay. Let's use that for an example. Yes, so sir. that's what you're going to draw till death do you part, basically, except okay. you would get cost of living increase on top of that each year. 
Okay. Your benefit does not jump up at your full retirement age to that increased amount because you okay. locked it in at age 64. So when you pull the trigger, and that is a big decision for a lot of people as to when do I start drawing benefits, that is something to consider because you do not draw that higher amount. The only time we may see that happen is in the case of a widow or widower that may be mm -hmm. drawing benefits off of a deceased spouse. They could possibly increase some benefits at full retirement age if there was another number, such as a number their own benefits that they might be able to draw off of. But for most individuals, when you choose your benefits at age 62, 63, 64, whatever the case may be, you're essentially locking it into that figure. It, okay. The only thing you'll have added is the cost of living increase each year. Yes, sir. Well, thank right. you very Good much. Question. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Joseph. Good to hear from you. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, it's Joe in Magnolia. Joe, it's your turn. Go ahead, please. Well, I was just wondering, is there going to be an increase in SSDI that you want it all increase? Or not? Well, there. I'm not sure I understand your question, Joe. But there I've will be an increase. I've, I've been hearing. I've been hearing there was supposed to be a $200 increase in Social Security disability insurance, and no, I was just asking that question. Right. No, sir. I, I don't. I don't think you have correct information there. As we talked about with Ryder at the beginning of the show, there will be a cost of living increase, but that would be a percentage of what your benefits are. So, yes, we do expect the cost of living increase to come out towards the end of the year, say October or November, but it would not be a specific amount, say $200 for everybody or anything like that. If there was a cost of living increase, it would be a percentage based on what you are drawing on your individual check. So be looking for that information sometimes the end of October or the 1st of November. Okay, maybe I was misinformed. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh, yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks, Joe, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, visiting today with Sean Mercer, the District Manager for the Social Security Administration. Still looking for non-Social Security-related personal finance questions for Nancy and Ryder as well. To join the conversation this morning, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 We're on the phone line still. Gary's in Oxford. Gary, it's your turn. Go ahead, please. Good morning. I've got a little question that everybody can get involved in a little bit anyway. So uh, with with deferred compensation, when are you required to start taking mandatory disbursements for that? And what are the Social Security uh, implications, if any, other than you know, staying under the maximum? Thank you, Gary, for asking a question that allows me to uh, talk a little bit. So required minimum distributions all start at age 72 now. Uh, it used to be uh, always a, a hotly debated. It used to be 70 and a half, and people didn't like the half a year. So they just bumped it up to 72. So with any deferred account, including Mississippi deferred compensation, required minimum distribution started at age 72, and it's based on your life expectancy at that point, general general people life expectancy. So it starts at about 4% of your account, and, and it grows every year from there. As far as the Social Security implications, I will hand that over to our expert. 
And that is, we like to hear about people that have other means of income, because if you look at our website, one of the main things that usually tries to be uh, pushed out there, Gary, is that Social Security is not a sole means of support, and we hope that you have other means of income, such as deferred comp or personal savings or whatever. So that does not affect your Social Security as far as what you would draw. Your Social Security is based on what you've worked and paid in, and then hopefully you have some more personal income coming in to supplement that each month. Does the disbursement uh, apply towards the 18.9600 maximum or whatever it is at the time? Yes, sir. Good question. And the answer to that is no. The 18,960 that we spoke about earlier is only wages or net self-employment. So any other income you had, be it investment income, deferred comp, uh, 401k, any other type of income that you would have coming in, as long as you do not receive a W-2 or it is not uh, qualified as net self-employment, that's really none of our business and it does not affect your Social Security if you're under full retirement age. But if you're taking those uh, withdrawals at age 72, those limits on what you can draw or what you can earn and not have your Social Security benefit affected don't even apply any longer as long as you have reached the full retirement age. That is a good point, Nancy. And our, our uh, you know, current uh, full retirement age is 66 in a few months, and the maximum for those born after 1960 is age 67. So anything after that uh, would not apply. So good point, Nancy. And one thing you do need to consider when you start taking those required minimum distributions, that may affect how much of your Social Security is taxed because it's put together with all of your income. All right, uh, Gary, thanks for your call this morning. What if you need to speak to a Social Security representative over the phone? Get your pen ready because we'll have that information for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? 
trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org slash support. Monday Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. There are 23 Social Security offices in Mississippi. Here are the phone numbers for a few of them. Uh, the office in Jackson is one 866 331-8135. In Olive Branch, the number is 1-866-739-4771. And to reach the Gulfport office, call 1-877-897-0609. We're visiting today with Sean Mercer, District Manager for the Social Security Administration. Sean, I'd always like to say a big thanks to you when you come on the air with us. You always have such great information. I don't think that you've ever been stumped in terms of uh, questions about Social Security, so your knowledge is vast, and it is always so very busy. The phone lines are locked up and ready to go. So, again, we certainly appreciate you, and we like to keep you busy while we have you on here for the hour, that's for sure. Nice to feel needed, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> ahead, uh, back to the phone lines. Myra has called in from Jackson. You're next, Myra. Go ahead. Thank you very much for taking my call. I'd like to know, is there a limit of time after you work that you can uh, apply for disability? I stopped in 2014 because I had a pre-existing condition and had to do some caregiving. And uh, my financial advisor always keeps on telling me, apply for disability. But I just need to know their time limit. Yes, ma'am, there is, Myra. And I kind of like it's it's usually five years or 60 months from the last date that you worked for us to be able to establish a date of onset. I kind of like to use the analogy that I have a car insurance premium due today, and if I don't pay it, I know that my insurer will only protect me for 30 days before they cancel my policy. With Social Security, for disability, it's kind of the same thing. Once you stop work, we expect you to file for disability within 60 months or five years. And sometimes it can be a little longer than that if we, for some reason, but if we could go back and establish a, a date of onset for you as to when you became disabled, uh, that might help. But. I would encourage anyone that's disabled to file immediately once they are unable to continue to work because there is a limit there and sometimes we are not able to file a disability claim for someone because they are out of their insured status. Now let's change gears a little bit and I don't want our listeners to get confused about retirement because just because you haven't worked in the last five years does not mean that you can't draw retirement. Retirement is a whole different set of circumstances that we talked about a few minutes ago with quarters of coverage, and we're looking at everything you paid in uh, for retirement benefits. So two, two so totally separate issues there when we talk about disability and or retirement. But I would encourage you, Myra, if you are disabled, to contact your local office immediately and see about filing for uh, any uh, disability benefits that you may be due. Thank you very much. Thanks, Myra. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, we're going to go to Madison. Annette is on the line. Annette, it's your turn. Go ahead, please. 
Yes, thanks for taking my call. My question is a little, should I say, oh, but you say we can't stop him, so I'm going to go for it. Um, my question is that I was married at a very early age. I was married uh, for about maybe 15 years. As years went by, I remarried, and I wanted to know my uh, husband uh, is still living. I remarried, so I wanted to know with all the years I was with my first husband, we accumulated and did a lot of things together. He was a you know, school teacher and all that. If something was to happen, can I? Uh, receive any income from him, or because I remarried, did I automatically board that out? Okay, good question, Annette. And you are correct. You remarried, so you gave up the rights to that first marriage because you are currently married, or that marriage is in force. So as long as that is the case, then you are not eligible for any benefits off of your first spouse. Uh, now, let's say something were to happen and your marriage was not in force with your second uh, husband, then we, we would need to look and see if there are any benefits that you may be eligible for off of that first, first spouse. Uh, we need, you, I believe you said you were married for 16 years, so mm -hmm. there is, you have to be married for at least 10 in a divorce situation, so you met that criteria. And we would always, too, we always look at your own earnings record first. Then we look at any marriages that you've had to see if there's any benefits that would be more than what you're drawing off of your own record. So that is our responsibility to close out all potential leads that we have, and that's what we call them as leads or other benefits based on marriages or divorces that it would be higher than what you're eligible for off of your own record based on your own work history. So you are correct in your assumptions there that while you are currently married to your second spouse, there are no benefits off of that first spouse uh, as long as that second marriage is in force. Okay, well, that made it quite clear, and thank you for taking my call, and thank you all uh, for giving the information and taking time out to let us keep us abreast of what we can have and what we can do. Thank you. Thanks, Annette. Good to hear from you this morning. Let's stay on the phone lines next. We're going to go to Michael, who's called in from Mobile. Go ahead, Michael. You're on the air. Good morning, uh, Sean. I want to ask you. Uh, I think this. I think the lady, previous lady, just just uh, asked you the what I was going to ask. But but it's a little bit different. Uh, if I should pass away before my wife, does my wife get my death? Uh, does it get my Social Security benefits? And the answer to that could be yes, sir. We're going to look at that. And it's the higher of the two. So if right. you're drawing a higher benefit, let's say you're drawing $1,000 and your uh, wife's only drawing 600 and right. you are all, both of you are past full retirement age and you pass okay. away first, she could draw the higher benefit, which would be the $1,000. However, there is a net loss in the household. She doesn't draw both. You know, she only draws the higher of the two. So, yes, she gets more money every month, but as a household net, there is a net loss from Social Security because she only draws the higher of the two and not both. But we do look at that when someone uh, passes away. We do encourage the spouse to contact Social Security to see if the, that situation may apply. Does she have to? Does she have to be uh, uh, of age, uh, uh, Social Security age? 
That is correct. If she's under age 60, there are no benefits payable. Spouse's uh, benefits start at age 60. So at that point, you would only draw a percentage of your benefits, approximately 70 to 72 percent. That percentage goes up to 100 percent when she reaches full retirement age. So every month that, you know, she when she didn't elect benefits, as we talked with the caller earlier, once you start those benefits, let's say she was 60 in six months, that would be a higher benefit than if she were just 60, age 60. And, and the uh, 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 retirement age is 67 now? Is that, is that the age? Or? The, that is for those individuals born after 1960. So if you're unsure what your full retirement age is, you can visit our website at socialsecurity.gov and type in retirement age, and they have a chart there that uh, goes from... Well, I, I, I'm already receiving benefits, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm set. But for, those, uh, for, for our listeners out there who are not sure, and I'm, there's a lot of them out there who are unsure of what their full retirement age is, visiting our website at socialsecurity.gov and just typing in retirement age in the uh, search bar there would get a nice a chart for them to be able to look at based on their year of birth. Okay. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. All right, Michael, good to hear from you. We're going to stay on the phone lines. Busy, busy day. Robert in Florence is next. Good morning, Robert. Go ahead, please. Yes. uh, My wife draws an RMD every year from her retirement, uh, her funds. Uh, how How long will she draw that for? For her entire life. Um, it, life until she runs out of money, huh? Exactly. She, uh, it is a calculation, and uh, it will either keep increasing as she ages. Of course, she has the option to withdraw the full amount at any point after 59 and a half without penalty. After 59 and a half? Yes, sir. Uh, okay, well, she's 78, so I guess she's... Right. She, she, and she is drawing those required minimum distributions, and most people decide to do just that minimum amount because everything you withdraw is taxable income. Okay, if she withdraws it, she has to pay taxes on it, right? Yes, sir, that's correct. Okay, okay, even, even now? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's why they call it tax deferred. They're going right. to wait and collect it later. Right, Okay. That's what I needed to know. All righty. That's what she wanted to find out. <laughs> okay, glad we could help. Thank you very much. Thanks, Robert. Next, we've got uh, Diane on the line. She's in Batesville. Good morning, Diane. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I have a friend. She ha- uh, gets SSI. She's been in a wheelchair since she was 13 years old. Her SSI is only a little over $500 a month. And my question for Sean is, is there any other type of benefit that she can get beside the SSI? Not that I'm aware of, Diane. And SSI is a needs-based program. It is something that we administer here at the Social Security Administration. That's based on her uh, disability, not based on any work that she has done, because as you may have indicated, she probably has never worked if she's been disabled exactly. since a young child. So that SSI is based on uh, all her living arrangements, income, and resources. The maximum SSI limit this year was 700 and. 
get my cheat sheet here, was $794. That can be from $1 up to $794 in Mississippi based on living arrangements, household help with bills and things like that. The only other thing that she could possibly be eligible for is if she has a disabled or deceased parent that we may need to check on what we call disabled adult child benefits. I feel like we may have already done that based on her age, but that may be something you want to check with her local office if you have any information about uh, deceased parents or disabled parents that we may could check and see if there was any other benefits for Social Security that she may be entitled to. Okay, then. Well, thank you so very much, and you all have a blessed day. I appreciate your help. All right. Thanks, Diane, for the call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. We're talking about Social Security today. We've got James and Dale on the line. We'll get to those calls in just a bit. If you like staying up to date with little Social Security tips, we'll tell you where you can find some. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. We're pleased you found our show Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Here's a reminder, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., immediately following our show, listen live to In Legal Terms. If you'd like little tips and tricks about Social Security, when you go to the ssa.gov website, if you scroll to the bottom and click on Connect With Us blog, you'll find informational articles from time to time. Today we're visiting with, uh, f- uh, with Sean Mercer, the District Manager for the Social Security Administration. Back to the phone lines we go. We start again in... Summit. James has called in today. Good morning, James. Go ahead. Good morning. I have a question regarding uh, Social Security's uh, year. I have, I have between retirement ages, I'm between 62 and 67, and I've made enough money this year where I can't start drawing. Does the, the Social Security year start the same as the tax year again on January 1st? Would I be eligible to file January 1st, or is there a different date? That is correct, James. It does go by calendar year, so you could contact us in the middle of November or file your claim online at socialsecurity.gov, and then they're going to ask you if you're going to continue to work in uh, 2022, and you would need to answer that question there. But uh, to answer your initial question, it does run January through December each year. Sean, I have a question because I thought there was a higher income amount 
the first year you draw, especially like if you start in the middle of the year? Is there something like that? If you are going the year an individual reaches full retirement age, so if an individual is going to turn full retirement age in 2022, they could have a limit of 50520 And I do not want our listeners to get confused about that because it's only for those individuals that are going to reach their full retirement age in 2022 is what we would currently be talking about. For James, our current caller, I don't believe he would qualify if he said he was between the ages of 62 and 67. So unless he specifically was going to reach full retirement age during the year 2022, he would be subject to the lower limit, which is currently 8960 But you do, that is correct. For those individuals, there is a uh, extra higher amount each year, but that's only for the year that you obtain full retirement age. All right, uh, James, we appreciate your call. We're going to move on next to Grenada. Dale is up. Dale, it's your turn. Go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm 69 years old, and uh, I get my Social Security uh, payment uh, the second Wednesday of each month. And I tried to get them to move it to the first Wednesday, uh, but they said for some reason they said they can't do it. I just wondered if you could explain why uh, they can't move my payment to the first Wednesday. Yes, sir, Dale, that is a good question. We started several years ago payment cycling because our workload was extremely busy at the first of the month if all our checks went out. We had the the payment days at the first of the month, and then we spent the next three or four weeks of the month trying to work through all the problems. So we started payment cycling, and it is set for everyone. So if your birth date is on the 1st through the 10th, you are the second Wednesday of the month. If your birthday is the 11th through the uh, 20th, it's the third Wednesday of the month. Or the 21st through the 31st, your check is on the fourth Wednesday of the month. And we are not allowed to move that. So uh, that it's payment cycling. And once you get set, it's not a specific day. It's the second, third, or fourth Wednesday of the month for you to be able to receive those benefits. Okay, my, my birthday is on November 2nd, so that, that explains it then. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. Thanks yes, for your sir. call, Dale. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Lots of calls for Sean Mercer, District Manager for Social Security today, including this next one, I think, uh, Janet in Starkville's on the line. Good morning, Janet. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'm divorced, and I was married for 30 years. And um, when can I get benefits from him? After he retires or when he dies? I was told two different things. No, ma'am. If you're just simply divorced and not remarried, when you file for benefits... Oh, I, no, I'm not remarried. I didn't okay. remarry. I'm, when, I'm not going to get you, remarried. When you file for benefits, let's say at age 62, and you, we're going to, first of all, check on your own record, and then we're going to look and right. see what percentage you may be able to draw off of your spouse's record. And it is a percentage. You would, the most you would ever be due off of your divorced husband's record is 50%. And that's at full retirement age. So if you waited, is 100% of your benefits more than 50% of his? So we, we always check that. And because you're divorced, you can't, he can't keep you from drawing benefits off of his record, nor does it affect his benefits. 
we're always going to check with anyone that we talk with to look at every marriage and every divorce along with your own work history to see what right. the most yeah. benefits we can pay you based on your specific situation. So we'll check right. on that, but you are subject, as long as he's alive, you are subject to the uh, your, your retirement age limit there, and uh, that is age 62 okay. at the earliest. Okay. Can you answer a question about Medicare real quick and Social yeah. Security? Okay. Uh, I'm with the VA, and I had to sign up for Medicare because I'm 65. And I didn't understand if I have VA benefits, why did I have to sign up for Medicare? Because it's a little expensive. Right. There are some situations out there, we see it with various employers, where they do require their employees to sign up for uh, Medicare and be, uh, get Part A and Part B. That's not something that we can address. We just know that it happens, and an individual has to do that based on their uh, employer's coverage or whatever. So we do mm -hmm. see that not only with your situation, but with other people in similar situations with other companies out there. All right, uh, Janet, good question. Thanks for calling in. And, Sean, you can take a deep breath. You have made it through the hour. And, again, we always appreciate when you come on and help us out on Money Talks, which is a production of MPB Think Radio and funded in part by generous financial support from you. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your preferred podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Ryder Taff, and our guest Sean Mercer, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. from Trustmark, offering My Trustmark online and mobile banking services to help monitor spending, pay bills, deposit checks, transfer money, and more. Anytime, anywhere. More information at Trustmark.com. Member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.